Hi, everybody. It's Jenny G. Perry, and this is Goddess and Gad. And today, our topic is relationships, the good, the bad, and the ugly, kids included. Now, I am going to get so good with these that I have people lined up like crazy. And um, I had to reschedule it from last week because I had a prior commitment. Um, But relationships are one of those things that maybe no one wants to talk about. Maybe it's a little tricky. I know we have many relationships in our lives, and some are easy for us, like with our best friends. And then some of them are hard for us, like maybe with siblings, or maybe it's, maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you have a good relationship with siblings, and your friends are really not the best of friends. Um, I have five children. I'm very close with my sister. I'm very close with my parents. I have many good friends. Uh, my inner circle is tight. But if I let somebody in, I try to let them in fully. Uh, but I will say relationships can be a challenge for me, even as much work as I've done on myself, because our work really shows up in our relationships. And it can be very intense. It can be like you see something in somebody else that maybe annoys you, and you're like, wow, where's my part in this? Now, I'm going to try to go to the dashboard here and see what this actually, let me see. It's been like over a week since I did this and I have to, okay, I go to the studio. That's what it is. So I'm hoping that I can get some people to call in today. If not, I will just talk. I might keep it short to half an hour. If it's just going to be me on here, we will see. I put it out on Facebook that I'd like people to call in. But there was an excellent book that was about parenting that I, still have to finish. I am not ashamed to say that I did not finish it, but it's called The Conscious Parent, and um, it's by, I'm going to butcher the name, it's Shafali Kasbari, and it it's spelled S-H-E-F-A-L-I-T-S-A-B-A-R-Y, and it's really, um, it's pretty wild when we look at our parenting and how maybe our parents were to us. And maybe you're the complete opposite. Maybe you had a parent that was so hard on you that you swung the other way. I know that I constantly try to look at what my parents did, what I did, how I want to tweak it. But oftentimes we have these unconscious patterns that show up. And I know for myself, I don't think that I'm a controlling person, but I can be when it comes to my children, if they're acting out and I want to control them. Try to be really good as a friend and not trying to control other people, that's not really my personality. But um, it's something that I've definitely had to work on, even in my marriage, where it's like he, it's so funny. When we were first married, I was 19, and I would need him to agree with me about whatever, whatever it was. And I would need him to, to clean a certain way. And just nowadays, I don't even notice, like, that he leaves his, you know, socks on the floor in the bathroom because it's really not that important because, you know, it's in the grand scheme of things, not important at all. But I now try to respect the fact that we can agree to disagree. And I try to learn maybe from his point of view. And really, I think that we want to always be respected by our partners and to think we're always going to be understood 
it's not realistic because they're coming from their perspective. You're coming from yours. And sometimes, like, what's the point in having to get the person to understand where you're coming from? And I love how I'm getting a call on the other line. You know, that's live, live uh, radio for you right there. But really, it's like if we need to be right, we miss out on an opportunity to be able to see things from a different perspective. Can't tell you how many times we've just, me and my husband have been talking about things, and I've just heard it in a certain way where he said it, where I'm like, wow, like I never, never thought of it like that. One thing he's taught me is how to be a boss, because I'm very bossy when it comes to my kids, but being a boss was not something that I was used to, being a stay-at-home mom for many years, and my husband would have to make hard decisions and I would just like, I'd be like, oh, you know, like I'd want to meddle. Like such a mom thing, I'd want to meddle. I'd be like, oh, well, did you give him a bunch of chances? And it's like, um, oh, I, I'm just getting, I'm getting messaging on Facebook from somebody wanting to make sure that I'm wearing sunscreen. And I do wear sunscreen. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it, the mama bear in me is like, oh, give him a bunch of chances because, you know, I'm thinking of kids and they're not my kids. They're, they're his employees. And he would have to, you know, have clear boundaries with them. And I think when you have employees, your boundaries are going to be different than you would have with your kids or the people that are in close relationships with you. Like even, you know, sometimes we don't have as clear boundaries with our friends as much as we would with coworkers, obviously, because, you know, they're looser boundaries. My husband's always been like, you know, kept coworkers at an arm's distance where it's like they don't hang outside of work because he thinks it kind of complicates things. And I'm just used to kind of like pretty much putting everyone almost in the same category in that the way I treat them, I want to treat everyone kindly. Um, But recently I've had to make some tough decisions where, you know, not everyone agreed with what I was doing. And that was like very strange. I was like, wow, do I still need people to like what I'm doing, like me, accept what I'm doing, accept me? Like I'm always trying to ask myself questions because those are the hard questions. It's easy to it's easy for some people to shut everybody out. It's not easy for me to shut people out. But it's it's difficult if someone's mad at me or if I feel like they don't like what I'm doing. I have to really that's when like my major work comes in. And it's like, can you stand on your own and be okay with whatever you're doing? And it's like you think you can, but in a situation it's like, Oh wow. And I just wrote a blog about parenting for the Huffington Post uh, just yesterday, no, I published it today, about, you know, giving your children wings and how allowing them that space to grow as human beings. And that's like, whoa, uh, like we got age two all the way to 19. And that is intense because every kid in this house needs something different from us. Every kid in this house almost has different rules because, the six and the nine-year-old is pretty close. You know, the rules are pretty much the same. But what we're going to allow the two-and-a-half-year-old to get away with is obviously not the same that we would let the nine-year-old, even though we're trying to teach her not to have temper tantrums. But it's really like, you know, they get a different parent in each of us because the personalities are different. And then as we parent, our parenting, you know, evolves, and it's like, wow. But I look at what was, what was like in my headspace when my oldest daughter was little, versus what it will be as my youngest grows. I just really, it's it, it, night and day. I'm that mom that easily 
can drop off and pick up at school. I really don't need to be involved in everything or do I care what the moms think about what my kid's wearing and this and that. Like, I am going to be that mom where the kid is wearing like a superhero costume in school, whereas I would not have felt okay about doing that when my oldest kids were younger. And I could say that I did them a disservice. I could be down on myself, but I was doing the best that I could at the time. I was trying to be like, you know, just trying to like guide them to be like upstanding citizens or something. I don't know. I definitely was not trying to get them to be their own people, but I wasn't my own person. And if you're not your own, if you're not your own person, you're everybody's person. And that is terrible. That is not what I want to teach my children at all. And I would love to hear if anybody has any parenting challenges that they're willing to talk about. Um, If I can get anybody to pop on here, if they're listening, I don't know if you can submit any questions via the website. You could shoot me a message on Facebook or you could hop on and I'm going to give you the number right now. And it is, as soon as I find it, here we go. Okay. The guest call-in number is 657-383-1672. I'd love to hear some relationship questions. I did not prepare enough for this in the way of I should have been sending out quest, you know, uh, people to ask questions for like a week. And I just did it like today. And so it didn't really give people too much time. But um, I'm hoping that I can get some people to talk on here. But I'll just go through what I, I think about relationships and what I think um, I will. I love talking about romantic relationships. That's like so fun to me. And so I will talk about the fact that I have an amazing marriage. Do we always agree? No. Um, when we don't make time for each other, I do feel disconnected. And I give people credit when they have a spouse that lives, like, far away because there's just something about the physical part of a relationship, not even about sex, but it's about, like, the closeness. Like, do you hug each other every day? Do you kiss each other every day? Do you um, – just put your hand on each other's back, like the shoulder. You know, that is so, to me, important. And the connection factor is that, yes, we can text each other back and forth, but I'm talking about, like, just for me, it's like watching even, like, even watching reruns of Friends and, you know, having a glass of wine together or, you know, cocktails and just kind of, like, talking about what's going on in our mental space or what we think about anything that's, you know, popping up. It's just like an hour of that solid time together. And it's like, that's to me, it's like a date night. I mean, we've got, you know, we definitely try to plan on date nights where we connect, but sometimes that's like so forced and it's not as organic as when you're just like relaxed and in your PJs and you're just like, you know, what do you want to do tomorrow? Or, you know, like, what have you been thinking about recently? I mean, Nima hasn't always tried to talk about, you know, manifesting and our dreams and our goals and what more we want in life and all of that kind of stuff while still being in gratitude because you don't want to be so into your goals and what you want more in life that you miss out on all that's good in your life now. That, that's to me, it's, it's terrible, but it's, it's a balance. It's completely a balance because you could be so in your gratitude that you don't feel like it's okay to ask for more. And we live in an expansive universe. So the universe is like, yeah, ask for more. It's fine. There's going to be more flowers that bloom, you know, tomorrow and the next day. And I'm trying to see here what I 
what I'm, I'm trying to see the topic question here without um, – I see somebody had called in if they have a question. I don't know if they've raised their hand. Let me see. They're on mute. Okay, now the caller is no longer there. So I don't know if they meant to call in or not, <laughs> but this is, this is live. So I just wanted to talk about the real deal about relationships. So we've talked about um, the challenges with parenting, and I would love to hear other people's challenges when it comes to romantic relationships with their children. Um, you know, sibling stuff, me and my sister used to fight when we were younger, and even like 10 years ago, where it would be like we'd have to, we'd have to like, almost like, I just feel like sometimes we would talk about things that bothered us more, but it was like, what my thing is now is when it comes to anybody, is if something annoys me, I got to ask myself, like, if I bring it up with them, this could be with a friend, it could be with my sister, it could be with my kids or my husband, I could think about, and of course, the closer somebody is to us, the more we like forget about this, but if we want to bring up an issue, I always look at it like this, is can you just let something go? Can you let it go? Can you write a letter to them and never send it? Can you journal about it? Can you get the energy out without having to talk to them? Because sometimes it's really just a matter of they're like, you're like, they're wrong. And, and they're like, you're wrong. And you're just never going to come to a space that you agree. Maybe you can agree to disagree. But if you are going to call them up and say, listen, I have a beef with you. I have a problem with you. I need to talk to you about something. You got to ask them what your intention is. Is your intention that they hurt your feelings? Like, you know, if they hurt, their, hurt your feelings or they made you mad, is your intention to make them feel bad? And that's not going to actually resolve things. It's going to be like you're getting that kind of like that dig in. And so it's all about energy. So it's like you feel like they, they won, so you want to win now. And having a scorecard with people just makes disconnection because then if someone that you love loses, like you win, but how great does that feel? So I've learned to like just not have so many issues about stuff, to try to like resolve things within. I'm not saying if there's something major that you can't go to them and say, I'd like to resolve this, but just ask yourself what your intention is. Like, do they really need this information from you? Or are they going to work it, work it out themselves? Are they ready to hear it from you? You know, it's a lot of questions to ask yourself before you bring something up. Because what I found is that if I come to somebody with something and I, you know, have this kind of like this uncomfortable talk with them, it creates an energy separate where it's bigger and now it's drama and it's all of that. And it's like, you know, maybe it was bigger than it needed to be. Or maybe there's a softer way to say it where you can say it as like it's, it almost reminds me of like managerial techniques where it's like we can. Like I'd love for us to, like I'd love for us to connect more. I'd love for us to spend time together versus like you never spend time with me. Like it's such a different way of worrying things. But it's like if you say to somebody like you never spend time with me, like you never do this, you never do that. It's like now they're into defense. They do not want to talk to you at all. Why would they want to talk to you? They're feeling defensive right now, and they feel like they need to put on their armor, and they need to make you wrong in order to make themselves right. They they probably are not thinking as clearly about what they're saying, and I just feel like that can create even more drama. 
And I know it depends on the situation. I mean, with with my kids, I'm so glad I have a partner in crime in the way of my husband where we get to talk about things and figure out, a, you know, a, a plan of action. And sometimes one of us is good cop and one's bad cop, and that's always interesting because we flip-flop on, you know, who's playing what role on what day. But when it comes to friendships, I think that we have a tendency to maybe not be able to let go of them when they're time to let go of them. That's been something where I've had friendships that, you know, kind of shifted or they, we had like a breakup and it all worked out for the best because whoever you gravitate towards now is what you are kind of a match to right now, whatever you're working on. So if you had a friend where your kids played together when they were little and now, you know, it's 10 years later, oftentimes you're not still friends. And it's a bummer sometimes, I will say, because I'm like one of those people that are like loyal to a fault. Like I had a hairdresser that I had the hardest time being able to let go, like um, change hairdressers, let go of that, of that hairstylist, even though I was not getting what I wanted. She was like, you can't be that red hair and still cover the gray. And I'm like, then how in the heck do Hollywood actresses have fiery red hair and they are able to cover the gray? I'm like, I don't understand that. But Finally, I had to make a go of it. I felt like a bad girl. I felt like a bad person because I didn't want to not be a loyal person. And really, when it comes to being an adult and being a a conscious person who is living on purpose, some people are not going to like what you do. You're going to let certain people down. You are going to make uncomfortable decisions, and that's part of life. And it's been something that's been an evolution for me. I kind of did not like to have those kind of situations. Or I had to make, it would have to be a situation where the person was so blatantly wrong for me to, like, then talk to, you know, my mom, my sister, my husband, whoever would listen to me about how wrong they were in order to make myself right and feel confident in that. And really, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. And the worst is if you you go to somebody who is a really good friend of yours And I can be this person sometimes. I know people can be this to me, and it's a good thing. But they'll come to the devil's advocate place and weigh out the other side. And I remember just wanting people to always be on my side, and and I didn't really want to grow, let's be honest. And I would be like, can't you just see my viewpoint? Can't you just, like, agree with me? And really, to be a good friend, they're not always going to see, like, they're not always just going to be in your corner. They might be like, well, you know, there's, did you ever think of it this way? Or maybe that person's feeling this way. And I think those are the good eggs. Like, they really are. And I think also if you look at, like, Sex and the City and, like, girlfriendships, how we have different friends that are for different things. Like, if you have a breakup, you have the one that is, you know, like, going to be there and listen to you cry and, and give you a hug and, like, really be that, like, nurturing feelings girl. That's usually me. Or you have the friend who's going to take you out to get drunk and, you know, like, just make you forget all about everything. And she might not be there for you in other times when you need somebody, like, you know, shoulder to cry on because that's just not her strong suit. And then you might have another one where, you know, now you've broken up and she's, like, she's that planner where she's, like, plotting out, like, how you're going to um, get your stuff back and, like, how you're going to, like, strategically, you know, make yourself back in the, in the dating pool. She's going to help you get on eHarmony, you know, all of that. And we all have different kinds of friendships that, you know, they always say, like, we have friends for sometimes just a season, right? And 
that's been a lesson I've had to learn where it doesn't mean that there's anything that's gone wrong at all. There's nothing wrong the fact that you guys are not as close as you used to be. It's kind of the part of the evolution. And as your kids get older and, you know, maybe you get busier in your business, wherever you're at in life, friendships have different, like, when you're younger, your friendships are so big and huge. And then when you have little kids, sometimes the friendships, they really are low in the totem pole because you're just so busy and you just don't have time for yourself. And, but then for some people, that is their place where they get to, you know, have their outlet, where they just get to be themselves or they get to vent, or, which I'm, I'm not really eventing. I hate that word vent, even though I sometimes do it. You need that release. But I think it's for me, I like when I can do it on paper and then get to the place where I can shift it rather than just like, you know, sometimes when you vent to a friend, you just go on and on and on and on and on, and you really haven't found a solution. And it's not that you have to, but it's just that sometimes if you journal, you can get so much more clarity. And just make sure when you're that friend that you, if you are the venting person, that you also allow other people to vent to you. Because I know that there are certain people where, you know, they'll, they'll come to me and they'll say, like, they just dump on me. They just dump all their stuff. And I'm just like, okay, boundaries. Like, do you have good boundaries with them? Do you say, like, if, if someone never asks you about your stuff, then that's not, that's not a true friendship. That's a one-way street. And that's with all your relationships. It should be a two-way street. They should be asking you about what's going on with you. They should be supporting you as much as they can. And maybe there's a friend who they don't have any kids so they can show up to all your events or they just can serve a purpose as like a single person. And then you have a person who's got a million kids like I do, five kids, and they might just be like that girl that can text you. You know, when you need texting advice or can talk to you, it's very hard to talk to me on the phone sometimes. Unless you have an appointment with me, if you call me at a random time, sometimes it's craziness with the kids. <laughs> when you have a session with me, it's not it's not like that, obviously, or else that would be very entertaining. That, that sounds like it would be a reality show. Um, and I was thinking about that today. Is the random things that come into my head. I was thinking for coaching, how funny would it be to have an infomercial where it was like, you know, the next two people to coaching with me, I will come to your house and cook you dinner. Like, I was just thinking about how absurd infomercials are because it's always like you get more stuff and more stuff and more stuff. And it's like, and then I'll give you a foot rub and then I'll do this, I'll do that. This is just what happens in my mind as, um, as like as an infomercial is playing in the background and I'm trying to get work done and I'm thinking about marketing and how funny marketing can be. And, and um, just my mind is maybe crazy. But we have not had any callers today, and so I'm going to just see if there's anything else I would like to speak about because my family is in the other room, and I could spend time with them or I could talk to myself on this blog talk radio. And the next show, I'm going to make sure that I have a lot that I want to teach or have more callers because this is kind of like just I wanted to see what people felt about relationships. And somebody did comment that they um, that they need relationships. And that's something that I have not been single in 20 years. So that's definitely not my strong suit. Although if I get to talk to you about what your dating challenges are and what your relationship challenges are, I dissect like a crazy woman on what might, what might be the problem, what might be your block, which some of you guys might have heard of this concept of block, blocks and thought, what does that even mean? And it's just kind of like, 
we had stumbling blocks within ourselves on like you might have, you know, body issues and that's one of the reasons why you don't love yourself or you have money issues and, you know, one of your blocks has been, has been worthiness or you have some business blocks and you just lack clarity and you're like, I don't know what I should do. And a lot of that comes into the place of being afraid to fail or succeed. It sounds maybe crazy, but if you fail, that's the one thing. But then if you succeed, it's like, what if you got so crazy busy where like you went from having like, say, if it was clients, you went from having like 10 clients or 20 clients to then, you know, 100 clients. Like, could you manage that? Well, what if you went from having 100 customers, if you have an Etsy shop or, you know, something smaller, and then all of a sudden you had $1,000, I mean, 1,000 orders come in the door. People in theory say, oh, yeah, that sounds great. But in actuality, it can be very overwhelming. Like sometimes the good stuff when we get it is overwhelming. Like when you fall in love for the first time, it's like, wow, this is really intense. And it's good, but it's a lot. You know, it, it is a lot. And so I'm trying to think if there was anything else I wanted to. I feel like I'm having a phone conversation with myself, and it's kind of funny. I, my tags were parenting. We talked about that. Relationships, romantic relationships, friendships, kids, arguments, resolutions, forgiveness, and siblings. I think we talked about all of that. What I would say about forgiveness is not everybody deserves your forgiveness. So for me, is I often give people second chances and third and fourth and fifth. And I might not tell them that. But, you know, they'll be like, red flag, red flag, red flag. And I'm like, give them, give them the benefit of the doubt. And, and I look for the light in them. And I sometimes miss out on what's Captain Obvious. And so you can forgive in the way of, I really wish that that word had like, a, like, you know, hun, and we could break it into another language and make it different. Because forgiveness is like, kind of has a religious attitude to it and like sometimes somebody might have been like a complete a-hole to you and they don't deserve any space in your life but can you forgive them in the sake of just moving on letting go like energetically just being like you don't talk about it anymore you literally they're dead to you and you can even say I wish them well and mean it and you just so disconnect like they are a stranger on the street like I wish you well stranger on the street because if you don't wish them well, then that's a negative, like, hook you got in them, and it's like you're sending negativity to them. I wouldn't do that. So I'd say forgiveness is a, is a biggie in relationships. I, I know that some people have major issues in relationships, and they have major hurdles that they have to deal with forgiveness. That's not something that I've really had to deal with, luckily. Um, but with my kids, sometimes i got to forgive them a bunch of times. And it's hard to forget what happens. And you have to keep trying and trying and trying and trying and trying. Hopefully you find a way to accept them the way they are in their variety they're showing you at the moment. Because who they are at 9 is not going to be what, who they are at 15. Who they are at 15 isn't going to be who, who they are at 19, and that's the ages of my kids, my, you know, the older three. Um, my six-year-old, oh, he's just going to be crazy, I think. We named him Seamus. What were we expecting? <laughs> and my two-and-a-half-year-old, I can hear her all the way in the other room. She's playing with her brothers, and so she's like, they have got her riled up. Like, I'm never getting her to bed tonight. But this was a um, one-man band show today, and I'm still getting the hang of Loud Talk Radio and how to make these the best possible shows for you guys. Um, hope you get something out of today. 
hope that something I said struck, you know, strikes a chord. And I'd love any feedback that you have on possible topics. You can always email me at Jenny at JennyGPerry.com, or you can find me on social media. Anywhere on social media, you can find me at JennyGPerry.com and connect and say, hi, I heard you on Blog Talk Radio. So for now, you guys have a lovely evening. I love you guys so much. Bye.